Welcome to the podcast for Wenton Baptist Church. I pray God uses this message to bless you in Jesus' name. So there's a new series we're going to focus. It's going to focus on people who found hope again, even through challenging circumstances. Uh, after a tough season, a, a difficult season of their life. We can all say that we've been through a, a very difficult season in 2020. Most of us want to put 2020 behind us, amen? It's just, uh, just, it's just so, it's been crazy. It really has, and I just kind of speak that for you. It's been nuts. Uh, just, I don't have to say anything. It's been very, very crazy. It's been very stressful. It's been very stressful in your lives, I know. It's been very stressful in the church uh, as a whole. We meet outside. We don't meet outside. We wear masks. We don't wear masks. Uh, there, there's been some frustration there, and... and your jobs have been affected. You can't eat at a restaurant. Minor inconvenience, of course. Some of you can't travel. And uh, there's, a, there's a fear there that you might get COVID. It's just kind of out there. And I want to convey to you that this hasn't surprised God. And we need to have hope in that. We need to have uh, trust in a God who says, you know what, I've got this. Uh, we were kind of speaking with Miss Lily back there and Jennifer. And we were just kind of saying, hey, you know what, God's got this. God's got this, Lily. And and really encouraged her. We just had a, a really neat time back there. God's got you. God has this. Uh, and that's, the reality is that we, have, we can hope again. We can hope in 2021. 2021's coming. Amen. I can't wait for 2021. We can hope again. That's what this series is going to be about. We're going to look uh, at stories in the Bible where people found hope again. They had different circumstances that came into their lives. There were tough circumstances. But they found hope again in God. They found hope again in Jesus Christ. And that's, you know, that's the story of the Bible. And we're going to look in, in the story of Moses in the book of Exodus. I just want to say that we don't put our hope in a political party or a political platform. But our hope is found in Jesus. Our hope is found in Jesus Christ. No matter how hard this year has been, we can all have hope. In Jesus, we will all have hope. But it must begin with Jesus. Our journey begins in the book of Exodus. We're going to see through the life of Moses, we're going to find that we can find hope again by replacing our past with his plan. Uh, by turning our I can't into he can't. Thank you, Colleen. Good job. Get, get, get it done. You got it back. Thank you so much for that. And also, uh, we can find hope again by sharing his glory rather than your own. Here's the first point. Hope we can hope again by replacing your past with his plan. So we're going to be starting in the book of Exodus, the story of Moses. You know, as we are familiar with the story of Moses, uh, we begin there a little bit in chapter 2, verse uh, 22. Uh, it says, Pharaoh then commanded all his people, you must throw every son, uh, chapter 1, excuse me, you must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile, but let every daughter live. So here's uh, Pharaoh saying, hey, you got to kill all, all the young boys. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, it's awful. We would, we would say that is uh, kind of a, a equal to partial birth abortion in, this, at, at, in here. Uh, but Moses, uh, Moses' mom had a different plan. She hid the baby. And she hid little Moses, the baby Moses. And we see there in chapter 3, verses 3 through 4, uh, it says, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch, and she placed the child and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. And watch this. 
Then his sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. What's going to happen? Will they throw all the babies in the Nile? Is Moses next? Is my little brother going to be next? She was just staring. She didn't know. You see, God had a plan. Moses almost didn't make it. He almost didn't make it to life. That's how, how the, the odds were stacked, stacked against him, some would say. But not God. God had a plan uh, for Moses. And we also see there in verse, verse 8, uh, Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. Pharaoh's daughter found Moses, as we know. Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the, little, the girl went and called the boy's mother. So Pharaoh's daughter goes and gets the boy's mom. How cool is that? So the mom gets to raise her boy and see her boy live another day. She gets to raise him. Yes, she gets to raise him in Pharaoh's house, in the palace, under the education of, 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 the, of the palace and Pharaoh and all that. Moses was going to live a good life, right? So Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child and nurse him for me, and I'll pay your wages. She gets paid. So, so the woman took the boy and nursed him. So great life. Moses got a great life now. But, but watch this. In verse 11, it says, years later... Uh, after Moses had grown up, he went out to his own people and observed their forced labor. And he saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of, one of, his, own, one of his own people, looking around and seeing no one. He struck the Egyptian dead. Uh, and we notice we only have one little sentence there about what Moses did. Moses, we know wrote, Moses wrote the book of Exodus, so he's just going to have one little sentence there about what he did wrong. He's moving on, right? Uh, but there's more to it than that. He struck the Egyptian dead and hit him in the sand. Buried him, right? It's pretty bad. Out of a fit of anger, he killed somebody. All of a sudden, Moses is now a murderer. He's got a past, a bad past, a really bad past. He's a murderer. He murdered somebody. And we, we, we see here also, the next day, verse 13, the next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you attacking your, your neighbor? And then they throw it back on and say, hey, who are you? Who made you commander and judge of me? Uh, are you planning to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Uh, God's word says your sin will find you out. For sure. Now Moses became afraid and thought, well, what, what I did is certainly known. You know, we're going to see that God, had a, God has a plan for Moses. Even, in, even, even with his, his, his past, God has a plan. And within that plan, we're going to see God has a promise. He has a place. He has a purpose. He has a presence. He has a provision for most. It's kind of a, a mini outline within this first point here. See, there's a promise in his plan, Exodus 2.24. Exodus 2.24, you know, God, God does not break his plan. And it says here in Exodus 2.24, God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God saw the Israelites, watch this, and God knew. God knew. They're, they're, you know, God's plan is so much bigger than our, than our past. If we'll just forget about our past, God's got some amazing things in store for us. You know, we have hope. We can have hope again because God's plan for our lives is bigger than our past. We're here today. God, God must have a plan for us because we're here today. We're alive. We're breathing. We're upright. If we have one more breath in our lungs, then God's still not done with us yet. And His promises are involved in his plan. Verse 9 of 2 Peter chapter 3 says this. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. God's waiting for you to get right with him. He's waiting. Maybe, maybe you haven't been right with God a long time. 
And you just, well, forget God, whatever. God's waiting for you. God wants you to return to him. He's patient with you. He hasn't forgotten his promise. His promise to deliver his people. The, the promise of the Bible, the message of the Bible is the redemption of man from cover to cover. Every book written over a 1,500 year period, the theme is the same. It's no accident. The word of God is a miracle. No other text in history can make that claim. This is the word of God. So we trust in his promise. His promise is for patience. He's waiting on you to return to him. Maybe uh, COVID-19 2020 is about, a, it's a chance of time for you to return to God. What does it look like for you to return to God? What does it look like for Moses to return to God? Well, he's shaping a plan for the life of Moses. See, there's a place in Moses' life. Moses, after he murdered somebody, he went and, and spent 40 years as a shepherd. 40 years. First, he was 40 years in Pharaoh's house, and then he was 40 years as a, as a shepherd in, in, in Midian. And so, watch this. At 80 years old is when God starts to move in Moses' life. 80 years old, he starts this incredible plan for his life. Most of us at 80, we're done. But at 80, God has just started. Imagine what God can do with you where you are right now, how old you are right now. God can do that with Moses. Imagine what he can do with you. He can give you hope again. So God brings Moses to a place in Exodus 3, 5. Moses kind of comes, stumbles along the burning bush. You know the story of the burning bush? Uh, it's on fire, but it's not burning. Look there uh, in, in verse 5 there. It says, uh, let me read this here. It says, do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Watch how Moses responds. It's very key. Watch how Moses responds at this point, the beginning of his journey, and God's plan for his life. He says this. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. He was afraid to look at God. You see, the idea is God in his mercy says, hey, hold up. Uh, you're about to approach the holy. That's merciful. God's showing his love even then. He didn't strike him dead. He said, hold up, take your shoes off, you're in holy ground. Many of us uh, have forgotten the holiness of God. I would say, I would dare say America has forgotten the holiness of God. We have forgotten God. God wants us to return to him. We need to know his place in our lives, and he is holy. We approach God, we're, we're approaching someone who is higher than us. We need to understand that he is awesome. We need to understand the holiness of God and rank of God. God's highlands. He has a higher rank than we are. We just celebrated Veterans Day. And many of you who are veterans, uh, you understand rank in the chain of command. Uh, I had a chance to uh, understand this a little bit. I, you know, I've never served in the military. My dad was uh, a veteran. He was in the Air Force. He signed up to go to Vietnam. Signed up to go. And so it's so honorable to do that. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to go to ROTC in college. And on the whim, I saw some some dudes are propelling on the side of a building, and they were in camo, you know. And that looks kind of cool. Well, what's that about? Well, you sign up for this class to get a chance to propel on the side of a building. Hey, sign me up, right? Uh, so I signed up, and, and here I was in ROTC, didn't know what I was doing. I was Mr. Gomer Powell. I was, I was the Gomer Powell, the owner, whatever, uh, ROTC. You know, golly, I really was. Uh, so uh, we get to go on this FTX. You know, the Army has all these, these abbreviations. I don't know half of them. FTX, field training exercise. And so I got a real quick lesson in rank, okay? So I had this canteen. I was supposed to fill up the canteens with water. Well, I'm 
And I'm going to just take university. You know, you, I guess you go to a water fountain. And I was in a ROTC building. I was just going to find a quick water fountain somewhere, sink somewhere. So I go inside the door. There's a kitchen in the, in the side room here. Just a little, little kitchen. I go in the kitchen and start filling up canteens. And uh, somebody comes and, uh, Davis, what are you doing? Oh, uh, fill up a canteen, sir. Uh, this is like my first interaction with anybody in the military. Fill up a canteen, sir. Uh, okay. Uh, what's this sign say, Davis? Uh, staff only, sir. So, uh, drop down and give me 20. So, I dropped down and give me 20. That began my, my journey uh, on a field training exercise. And so, we, we go to, to Fort Bragg and, and we stand in formation. And our platoon leader, you know, had us all snap to attention as a, an officer walked by. And he goes, uh, this, this guy was kind of inexperienced. He goes, greeting of the night, sir. And the guy was getting ready to do it. Oh, he just didn't need to forget it. I don't want you guys to do it. But, so that was that was that. And then we go to the mess hall. Finally get to eat. I get three three minutes to eat my food. That first guy, by the way, in the, in, in the filling up the water, he was a master sergeant. Master sergeant, right? Uh, pretty, pretty cool. So I, I get my food, get my tray, got three minutes to eat. And I, I want to kind of make up for some things. And, and I want to say hello to the sergeant. I want to say thank you, sergeant, uh, for, for serving me this meal. I go, thank you, sergeant. And uh, he goes, son, you see what's up? Moses to start living out his purpose in life. 
And it looks like one general purpose, but then inside of that, there were many things that God accomplished through Moses. That's what God does for us, is we'll leave the past behind. Our perceptions of who we are and what we are capable of, you know, God knows. Exodus 2.25, if you got that in your Bibles there, go back and look at that. Exodus 2.25, last verse in chapter 2 of Exodus. It said, God knew. God knew. Underline that in the Bible. God knew. That's saying, that's saying God knows about you. He knows about your plan. He knows what's going on in your life. We can trust him because he knows. He knows our purpose. And he knows you know, God's going to use us. What is God calling you to? God also says, you know what? Uh, I promise to be with you. I'm not going to give you a purpose and then leave you by yourself. I'm going to leave you hanging. God's promised his presence with us. Exodus 3.12 says, you know what, Moses? I'm going to be with you. Verse 12 says, he answered, I will certainly be with you. And this will be the sign that, to you that I am the one who sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. You know, do we understand that God is with us? God, God is with us? When, when Jesus was going to leave the earth, he said, you know what? I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to tell you to go and, 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 and be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the end of the earth without, without giving you power. And you can't do this on your own. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Being a youth pastor, I know what it's like for students to, to be left. Uh, some, sometimes they were drop-off parents and sometimes, you know, broken homes. And they did students did all, all kinds of crazy things. And I, I've seen it work. I, I've seen stepfamilies do well and make their, their children thrive. But sometimes the, the, the leaving hurts. There's churches where, where pastors just leave. And we've seen that son of Lola. Well, pastor will say, yeah, it's, the grass is greener on the other side. And it, it, it hurts the church. But Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I'm coming to you. Uh, and if we can find hope in you, God's, God's going to be with us. He's not going to leave us. He gives us his presence. I remember when I was a little kid, uh, I would uh, uh, go to bed, sleep at uh, my bed at night, go to sleep. And, and I would just, uh, you know, sometimes you stare at the closet door. And if you stare at that closet door long enough, it's going to move, right? It, it's to move a little bit, you know, oh, is, is somebody in there? Something's in that closet. I don't know what it is. The boogeyman or something, something's in that closet. You get a chill up your spine. What am I going to do? Something's, how do they get in my closet? I don't know. And so mom would come by and see the room would be dark and just a little shadow on that, on that crack in the door. And mom would just pray. She would pray and say, son, let's say our prayers. And so we'd say our prayers. And, and then things would just kind of calm down, right? The boogeyman wasn't there anymore, right? Why? Because mom was reassuring me of the presence of God. She was God's presence to me as she, as she prayed with me, and, and uh, you know, my fears would be gone. Just like that, she reminded me that God was with me through her prayers. There's no need to fear, church. God is with you. As believers, God is present with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's a presence in his plan. You know, what, what are we coming up on? We're coming up on Thanksgiving, right? Love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's coming up. We're having a Thanksgiving uh, fire pit service. That's going to be amazing. Uh, so we're thankful for that. We're also coming up on Christmas. Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. God is present with us. God came down in the flesh in the form of a baby. God in flesh. The major king. God says, I'm leaving you. So God's part of his plan for us is his presence. You shouldn't fear because my presence is with you. But not only that, God told Moses, he said, you know, I'm going to provide for you. 
I'm going to give you all these things, the plan, the purpose, my presence, but I'm going to provide for you as well. You know, God will give you the, the tools and the people you need to accomplish his plan. Watch this in verse, uh, verse 15 of chapter 4. It says, you will speak with him, my Aaron, and, and, and uh, tell him what to say, and I will be help, help you and him, his brother Aaron, to speak. Okay, God's giving him somebody else's, we'll give him a way to speak. Sometimes we're scared to serve God. I don't know what to do. I'm fearful. What if I mess up? It's okay if you mess up. God's going to be there for you. He's going to give you. He's going to provide for you. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. Okay? So go forth in faith and, and trust God. You see, Moses didn't, didn't really get it yet that God could provide for him everything he needed to accomplish his plan. He, he was there to support him. When I was hiking in, in a place I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been hiking in, the Limbo Gorge was the first time I went hiking. Uh, the hurricane blew out the trail and uh, carried about a, I don't know, it was packed with about a 75 pound pack on, on my back. And the way I was putting in, you don't, you don't put in canned goods when you go packing. And I put in pork and beans and this can of this and a can of that, you know. And I'm ready to go, man. I'm not going to starve out there, right? Now I pack a lot lighter. I put in, you know, dried this or dried that and you, you hydrate with water. No, no better. But the first time I went hiking, I was ready to go. My dad was scared to death. I was just going to fall down the mountain. Uh, so I, I went, and uh, and the hur hurricane blew on the trail. We got lost on the trail in Limbo Gorge. You know about Limbo, Limbo Gorge? It's crazy, crazy deep, crazy steep. And we got lost on the trail. Lost on the trail. Uh, my roommate assured me he knew where he was going. He had his compass and everything. He had a map and all that. He didn't know where he was going. We got lost, and we was we were lost as we could be. So what do we do? It was like, well, I, there's a fire road up there somewhere. Let's just make a beeline up that hill right there. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do that. So we're climbing up this hill, going through laurel and everything, and snake holes and everything like that. I got this big pack on my back, okay? And my roommate, Doug, is, behind, is underneath me. And I'm going, I'm going, and I slip, and Doug catches my foot. Now, had he not caught my foot and been there for me, I went tumbling down the mountain, literally. I remember that day, and I never forget that Doug caught my foot. He just held, he just held it there for a moment. And I, I, I got my foot again, and I kept going up the mountain. You see, God will provide the people, the resources you need to get you to where you need to go. Maybe there's a mountain in your life right now you need to climb. God, God said, I got you. You know how to slip. Keep going. Keep going. If the road may be tough, keep going. You see, Moses really had no hope of a good life beyond the, the palace. You know, he murdered someone in anger, and, but God didn't look at his past. God had a future and a hope for Moses. After the anger, Moses could hope again because God was going to do what he said. God always has a plan. We said again, God always has a plan, a promise, a place, a purpose. His presence and provision all allow us to do what? To hope again. We can have hope once more because God is not done with us yet. He's not done with us yet. You can also hope again by turning your I can't into a he can. So I just want you to look for a moment in chapter 3, a little bit of verse four, uh, chapter 4 there. Moses, he had five, five times he doubted God. Five times. Five times he said, God, you know what? I can't. I, I can't do this. You know, chapter 3, verse 11, uh, he, you know, he says, uh, he, he says this, uh, uh, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? What does God say? You know, well, I, I'll be with you. Okay, I, I got that covered, Moses. Okay, well, what about, uh, you know, uh, going on again in chapter 3, uh, 
Verse 13, then the Moses asked God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, uh, God, your father has sent me to you, and they ask him, what is his name? Well, what should I tell them? God said, I am. Tell them I am that I am, and, and, and that's, who, that's who my name is, and this is my name forever. This is how I want to be remembered throughout every generation. Well, what about, you know, chapter 4, verse 10, you know? Uh, chapter 4, verse 1, excuse me, says, well, what, what if they won't believe me, God? What if they won't believe me? Uh, you know, he's got it going on, and, and God just kind of stops him. He said, God stops me. Hold up, Moses. I know you keep doubting. Uh, what's that in your hand right there? Uh, this, is, this is a staff. Yeah, that's what this is, a staff. Okay, so I want to show you my plan. I want to show you that I'm in control. Take it up, Moses. Um, take that staff and throw it down on the ground. Just like that. Throw it down on the ground. And what happened next was the, the staff turned into a snake. It's not going to turn snake here. The staff turned into a snake. And he said, pick up the snake by the tail, Moses. So what he did was he picked up the snake by the tail. And guess what? It turned back into a staff. God did that. God did that. He said, this is what you need to do with me. You need to trust me. Stop taking your I can and turn it into my can. I can. That's my I can. God can. God can. It's not you can't. God can. We get it, we get it twisted so much. Uh, church, we said we want to do things on our own. We do it my way, my way, my way. Do it, God. God can. God's going to do the miracle in your life. And, you know, sometimes uh, we, we can just have this, this phrase. I, you know, we have this phrase, I can't even. You know, we said that. That's a kind of new phrase. I can't even. It means I just can't even go there. I can't even think about it. I, I just, and we might say, I just can't. I, I just can't even. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it's our attitude. I won't go there. Can you have hope again after all that's happened this year? God's not done with you yet. He's not done with your family yet. He's not done with doing the work in your life that you wouldn't believe even if he told you. It's time to hope again by turning your I can't into he can. He can. I can't fix my marriage. He can. I can't restore my broken relationship with fill in the blank. He can. Well, I can't make a difference. He can in you. I just can't seem to get ahead in my life. Well, can I say this? It's not about you getting ahead in your life. It's about God becoming the head of your life. God wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. When God's first, nothing else matters. That worry, it seems so much smaller because God's in control. Because you have hope again. You see, that fear isn't there because you have hope in a God who is there. The anger is replaced with patience and peace because you serve who? The Prince of Peace. Look at how Moses went from an I can to a he can, and Moses all of a sudden could hope again. In chapter 4, verses 19 through 20. We, we see this, you know, that we saw the miracle there. He said, you know, I can do this. But watch what happens. He's getting ready to do his purpose. He's fulfilling his purpose there, 19 and 20. He said, now in Midian, the Lord told him, return to Egypt. You know, Kyle, my purpose. For all the men who wanted to kill you were dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and put them on a donkey and returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses, watch this, he took God's staff in his hand. He was saying, okay, God, I trust you now. I'm taking this staff that you showed me. I'm taking it in my hands. I'm taking up your promise for my life. I'm saying that you're higher than I am. God, you outrank me. God, you can do this 
in my life. See, but God wasn't done with us. God used, God used that faith in Moses to accomplish so many things in the book of Exodus. The Passover, the Red Sea, split the Red Sea wide open. Uh, manna from heaven fell. God used Moses in this way. Rock, water came out of a rock. He struck a rock and water came out of it. God used Moses in so many ways. He used Moses to give the Ten Commandments. God used him in so many ways. Here we find toward the end of Moses' ministry, Moses was kind of coming off a mountain. He had a, uh, a way to meet with God. Exodus 33, 11 says this. This is the relationship they had. The Lord would speak with Moses face to face just as a man speaks with his friend. You remember how that when we said, you know, hey, Moses, I, I, I'm afraid to speak with you. I'm afraid to look at God. I'm afraid. But now, Exodus 33, 11, it says, Moses, he speaks with God as a man speaks with his friend. God can be your friend. God doesn't have to be a killjoy in the sky to ruin your plans. Oh, I don't, I don't like Christianity. It's just a bunch of funny that It's a bunch of rules. That's not God. That's legalism. God wants to break through your legalism and show you grace and love. That's who God is. He wants to be your friend. Also, we see in verse 29 there of uh, Exodus 34, watch this. It says, As Moses descended from Mount Sinai with the two tablets, the testimony of the stone, you know, God gave him the Ten Commandments, in his hands, and he's, as he descended the mountain, he did not realize, watch this, the skin of his face shone as a result of his speaking with the Lord. But whenever Moses went before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out, after he came out, he would tell the Israelites what he had been commanded. So Moses literally shone with the glory of God. He kind of scared the Israelites a little bit. He shone with the glory of God. It was no longer about his glory, it was about reflecting the glory of God. God had done a transformation from a murderer into someone who shone his glory. Are we showing the glory of God, church? Do we see that we can't hope again because look at what God is doing in the life of Moses. Yes, there's going to be mistakes. Yes, as believers, we sin. Moses even said, uh, he, he even blew it even in his ministry. He said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go my own way. And God told him to, uh, you know, to speak to the rock. And then, well, he struck the rock. On a second time, right? So he said, because you disobeyed me, uh, you're not going to go into the promised land. I'll let you see it. I'll, I'll show it to you. But you're not going to go into the promised land. There are consequences to sin. But God wasn't done with Moses. Chapter 34, 10, toward the end of Moses' ministry, it says this. No, no prophet has arisen again in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. This is hope. This is the God of hope. We see later on in Matthew chapter 17 where Moses ended up in the transfiguration. After six days, uh, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. He, he was transfigured in front of them, and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. So where did Moses end up? With Jesus. He could hope again. He was obedient. He was obedient. He said, you know what, God? You can't do this. I can't. You can't. And look what Moses is With Jesus. In the presence of Jesus. And if we'll put our faith and trust and hope in a God who can, we can hope again. We can hope and we can have hope again. Just get ourselves out of the way. God wants to do a great work in your life, church. 
Forget about your past. But you have hope in his plan. I can't. He can't. Share his glory in your life. That's what God's calling us to. We can't hope again. 2021's coming. We can hope again. No matter your circumstances, no matter what you've just gone through, you can have hope again. God wants you to. God wants the church to stand up and be a light in a dark world. This world needs hope right now. Amen? Amen. This world needs hope. We have hope in Jesus. Let's lean into Jesus. Let's understand that hope that he's given us. Yes, we can hope again. Why? Because he's coming back, church. He's coming back for us. He's coming back for us. Let's pray.